0: podcast called live in the stream comes to you each week streaming recommendations during nfl
1: season it's not just tongue and cheek quarterback
0: defense tight and recommendations based on opposition matchups here are your podcast hosts jj Zachary and danny carter live in the street footballers this is JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and welcome to another edition of Living the Stream. We're officially at double digits now. This is our 10th one, Denny. Den- oh, Denny's on the other line. Hey, Denny. I,
1: I am. I just happen to be here.
0: Hi. Yeah, hey, how's it going? How are you doing?
1: <laughs> Not bad. 10's ten's, ten's pretty good. Like I said last time, 90 more, and, and we'll uh, we'll reach the, the, two, the two mugs, guys.
0: Yeah, and they just keep going. I was on there last night. A lot of fun. You guys should check it out over at twomugsff.com. Good guys, Rumford, Johnny, and and Ryan Forbes.
1: Yeah, you guys had a good conversation about the um, Packers uh, receivers, and you know they're relating them to their current uh, average draft positions. I I, I really uh, I, I, I took a lot away from that. So good 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 work there with uh, Rumford and Ryan.
0: Thanks, I appreciate it. And Johnny's Johnny might be crying tonight though because of this ridiculous Aaron Hernandez news that's been going on. Yeah, I, I mean it's
1: it's pretty horrifying for anyone who hasn't been like a dynasty league, right? I mean, I'm not a dynasty guy, but I imagine that, that this is a night for drinking and crying in the shower for Aaron Her- Her- Hernandez dynasty owners.
0: Oh, for sure. And the, the, the thing is that let's, let's talk about this really quick. Cause I think that it's, you know, it's, it's fresh on everyone's minds. Everyone's talking about it. What do you think of this situation? Do you think that, that something's going to happen to Hernandez's redraft value immediately? I mean, if, if, let's pretend that nothing immediately comes of this and, you know, he's able to, you know, stay away from, from jail for, right. until, until the season starts. Are you, are you going to lower his ADP a little bit off of fear that he's going to kill you? You know, I, I wouldn't, uh, uh well, <laughs> <obviously> <laughs> actually
1: that he's going to, that he's going to pull it to and pull and, and shoot me in the face. I don't know. But, uh, um, I, I do think uh, I do think that people will um, kind of run from him a little bit, uh, maybe not run, maybe maybe kind of trot backwards uh, from him a little bit. I think that you'll see his ADP dip a little bit and and I, and I actually I said this on Twitter today. I think that you might also see a, a guy like Vernon Davis or, or even Dennis Pitta see a, a little bump saying you know, I'd rather have those guys than the guy who might be in legal trouble uh so it's something to watch but i think uh, until there's like you know a definitive report saying hernandez is going to miss time because of this legal situation then um i'm not going to lower him in my my tiered rankings
0: yeah you know the, the thing that that does worry me is that coming out of school he had uh he had issues i think that he was he was smoking weed a little bit and he uh uh, I, I know that that teams were aware of that, but then you know there's reports that he. And I didn't I didn't know about this portion, but there are reports that he was that he's part of a gang, and you know I, I just think that like if you're in any sort of conversation around aspects like this, that's never good. That means that means that you know you and I were talking about this earlier today. Actually, it just means that you're not normal, right? Like it's just you're 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 immersing yourself in these in these Really detrimental situations when you're making millions of dollars, and and, and given the way that the NFL is, and that they uh, that any professional organization is, I think that it's it's a little bit frightening. And I, I mean, I'm not one to take a tight end early to begin with, so it doesn't really bother me. It Doesn't really matter to me. Right. It, it actually it it, ma- it matters to me more because now people might not take a tight end early when. Right. Right. You know what I mean, and I never liked Aaron Hernandez's value to begin with. So, yeah. but but it's still it's still one of those situations where you are like, my God, is he? I mean, he he might have have issues. It might be right. a, a real thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, Roto Pat uh, said it best on on Twitter yesterday. Said, uh, um, out of out of the the following options, uh, good, neutral, or bad, uh, clearly uh, Hernandez being involved in any of this is bad. Uh, right. From exactly. A team, from a team standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint, I really, I really think that if Hernandez had thought about uh, how much energy his apologists had spent uh, 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 talking about him on Twitter and defending him to the death uh, over these past couple, uh, past two or three years, then he wouldn't have gotten involved in all this. I think that he he really should be more tapped into the uh, the fantasy community. That would have helped. <laughs>
0: Oh man. It it's it's just it's a really, really it's it's honestly a sad situation and it's it's crazy that that it's him of all people with the Rob Gronkowski stuff going on. Uh and right. then now now you're gonna get the, the the Tebow talk and the and I've I've never seen more discussions about Jake Ballard in my entire life than, nope, than, no than, one than at- right now
1: no one had it, 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 the only person that's ever talked about Jake Ballard as much as as people on Twitter say is his mother that's it that's what i was thinking
0: too it's his mom right that's, that's the, she must she, she she must be behind all this i don't think his mom I, like if he was starting for new england his, i don't even think his mom would draft him
1: no i hope i hope not it would be a total waste of a pick at this point R-
0: Right. Why? Well, I mean, she can just stream, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I know she she
1: might love her son, but she might love Jared Cook more after a while.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, it's it, as as you and I both know. It, it both it, it definitely maximizes your roster's value by streaming, and that's actually you know it's a nice segue. We're actually going to be talking about streaming tonight. We're going to be talking about streaming quarterbacks. So Jake Ballard, I would never want to watch throw a pass. <laughs> right. That would be Neither. that'd be bad. <laughs> That would, he's he's definitely not taking over uh, Tom Brady's spot. I hope.
1: No, and neither is that third string quarterback. So everybody no, just...
0: he's not. Yeah, I don't even know what his name is. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna talk about quarterback streaming because we're we're finally getting to the thick of things with with these mock drafts and uh, lesser degenerates drafting, which is great. Um, and so I, I think it's a good time for, and we both agreed obviously that it's a good time to. To talk about the streaming strategy and what this podcast is actually all about, you know, living the stream, and just kind of run through some numbers, run through some strategies, uh, and then towards the end we'll talk about a little bit about what we've done in the in in mock drafts so far uh, to to maximize our our rosters value with, uh, you know, having that platoon of quarterbacks, and it's definitely something that's that's fun to do because you're getting all that running back and wide receiver value at the beginning of your draft, right.
1: Yeah, I think uh uh there have been three really good well, I'm kind of being a little cocky there saying that, but three 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 readable, definitely readable, uh streaming quarterback articles over the past week. Um uh you wrote one that was excellent uh on uh, on your site. Um Pat Thorman wrote one on Pro Football Focus, uh that, that really broke down a lot of aspects that I hadn't really um you know, thought too much about uh, yet, and um, and then I wrote one for four for four dot com, which uh, um, you know kind of introduced the concept uh, to to those readers, and um, I'm going to expand on that in uh, in in two or three more uh, entries before um, you know before August, before people start drafting. Um, but basically, uh, it it, bo- it all boils down to more quarterbacks are throwing more passes therefore have more opportunity to score fantasy points than ever before and more defenses are giving up more more bad defenses are giving up more points to those quarterbacks uh so basically you have a you know a supply and demand uh situation that you can really take advantage of it's as, as jj has explored uh quite a bit in his in his books
0: yeah you know <clears throat> i think that's something that that you know, we should, we can start off on. If, if people are unfamiliar with streaming, you know, it's it's just the, the concept that you're starting a player not necessarily based on that player's skill level, but rather that player's opponent, and and that that opponent is a favorable one that will, in essence, produce uh, uh, just as good as numbers as any other player playing that position. Uh, but but maybe the player that you're playing, I, I'm using the word play so many times here. But the, the guy that you're playing, uh, it, you know, he's not very good. You can get him off the waiver wire. He might be off your bench, uh, it, depending on the way that that things kind of roll. But but what it does is it really allows you to focus on the more valuable positions in fantasy football, the running backs and receivers, uh, and then kind of worry about your onesie positions, as we've coined earlier right. uh, on, on some podcasts onesie positions your your quarterbacks where you start one quarterback in the lineup your tight ends your kickers and your defenses you can you can kind of brush those guys aside because from a, like denny said from a supply and demand perspective the supply is becoming more and more plentiful and the demand side is is remaining the same there that you only need one every week to start in your in your typical lineup so because of that it's it's definitely an effective strategy i mean i've i've used it for years um, but I think now it's going to be um, more widely accepted because it's very evident that there's such immense depth, especially a quarterback.
1: Right. And before we get into the nuts and bolts of of, of quarterback streaming, uh, I think there are uh, two, two things I wanted to mention. One is that um, if if you're a little tepid on, on the approach, I, I completely understand because it, it, it seems very, you know, high risk to not have a guy, a plug and play quarterback. And I, I understand how that how people might be averse to that i would i would suggest uh since you know if you're listening to this you're probably a degenerate go out and and try this in a mock draft or two or five and and just and just see how much depth at wide receiver and running back you have after you know waiting uh un- until the 10th or the 11th or 12th round to get your first quarterback you you really just you'll be you'll be blown away i'm sure at the you know the fact that you have 3 uh, three top fifteen running backs say and uh and five very startable very usable receivers um i think i think you'll be pleasantly surprised by that and and another thing is um when when we talk about when when we talk about a guy as a as a great streamer i i think on twitter a lot i get i get well uh he has a a tough schedule or i don't want to start him because he won't be consistent that's you know that's not what i'm uh, that's not what we're saying. We're we're saying you you get you get a guy like a Bradford or or a, a Cutler or an Alex Smith uh, to start uh, here and there. Uh, not he's not an every week starter. So when you say my quarterback is, you don't really have an answer to that. You don't really have a one name answer to that. Your quarterback is whoever has a good matchup that week. That that's that's the answer. So. If you kind of get those things uh, squared away, I think you'll be more accepting of the strategy.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the the one phrase that I I wrote a lot about in my book, and that I always uh, you know try to push, is that your fantasy draft is not about who you select; it's about who you don't select. It's while you're going through your snake draft in the second round, and you do pick, let's say Jimmy Graham, or you know in the third round you get Aaron Rodgers. You can't just think about who you just obtained on your team. You have to think about what you didn't get. And that most of the time is a stud running back or a stud wide receiver in those early rounds. So there's that opportunity cost piece, which is why, you know, Denny's saying, you know, you can, you can have great wide receiver fives. And at the end of a draft, you're sitting there and you're like, well, I don't really care about a wide receiver five. Well, you have to realize and you have to think a little bit more long-term that running backs and receivers are not only a little bit less predictable than quarterbacks, but yeah. in general, um, you know, you need that depth because especially at running back, because they they often get, get hurt. And that's just the way that it, that, that it works. Right. Uh, JJ,
1: I was, uh, just looking over your, um, the article that you have at late round com. Uh, uh, the, um, Coefficient of variance. Uh, this is a very wonky term that uh, I know we talked about on Twitter a lot. Uh, can can you tell us about uh, you know how that broke down with 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 streamable guys with, with guys who we would target uh, for streaming purposes?
0: Yeah. So you know, first I want to I want to say that um, so Pat Thorman did a great article on Pro Football Focus where he looked at quarterbacks one through ten, what their averages were. Uh, against top-half defenses, what their averages were per game against bottom-half defenses, and then compared that to quarterbacks 11 to 20 and quarterbacks 21 through 30. I referenced it a lot. I did a little bit of research on my own, and his numbers and my numbers seemed to match up pretty well. And And it's interesting because quarterbacks, the, the elite guys, the the, the QB1s, they average against against top half defenses against quarterbacks in fantasy. They averaged 19.8 points per game last year, but then whenever they played those bottom half defenses, it jumped up to 21.6, which is which is something that would be obvious because they're playing a worse defense, right? So, but then you get to that next tier, that QB 11 to QB 20, and against top defenses last year, they put up only 13.1 points per game, which was. More than six and a half points less than those top tier quarterbacks, but then whenever they played against bottom half defenses, they were only two points, a little over two points worse than those QB ones. So that's just showing you that that if you just plug and play a guy that has a favorable uh, matchup that that's ranked, you know, QB eleven through twenty, someone that's either on your bench, you can get easily via trade, you can pick up off the wire. He's still going to produce pretty favorable numbers, so that I, I wanted to preface with that because it's really important to understand that idea before I really dig into the coefficient of variation piece. Yeah, and, but and that yeah, that, that
1: really that really shows off the downside. I think of of the strategy, like any strategy, there's going to be downside. This is not a fail proof by any means, but you're not like you know it, when you start um, start Christian Ponder against the Bears, you're going to get that 13 points uh, average uh, points per game, like like you know Pat Thorman discovered on Pro Football Focus, that that's the downside. the The key is to not be committed to one guy as an every week starter. The key is to only look to exploit defenses who are being gouged by quarterbacks.
0: Exactly. So you know, given that information, and given the fact that we know that when a quarterback of lesser talent and lesser fantasy value. Plays against a, a a bad defense, he can produce numbers that are very very close to top quarterback numbers, and since we know that, I did a little test on the I, I, I did some math on it's called the coefficient of variation. It's really really simple stuff, where you take the standard deviation, which is essentially taking data and finding the variance of that data and how much uh, a set of data varies. And then you divide that by the mean of the data, the average. so the reason you do that, and the reason why the coefficient of variation is effective, is because you're able to compare different sets of data that have very different averages and that's important in fantasy football because a quarterback, for instance, will have a higher average uh, than than a tight end because they just score more points, but they might have a higher standard deviation because of that because you're still going to get you know. Quarterback dud games where they, uh, you know, ha, you know Matt Ryan last year had that, or Drew Brees had that three point game and stuff like you know that's that's bound to happen. So because of that, the variance still exists. So their standard deviation is still relatively high, and it's higher than tight ends, but it's high in comparison to their average if that makes sense. So basically, what the coefficient of variation does is it standardizes all of these different sets of data. And it gives you a number that you can compare from sets to data to see uh, what what sets are predictable towards their mean. So, you know, if you have the numbers 1, 5, 10, 15, whatever, you have this set of numbers. You know, obviously you want to have a, a large sample size. You have th- this set of numbers and you find um, what the standard deviation of that set is. Then you find what the average of that set is. And you take the standard deviation, divide it by the average, you get your coefficient. Now, this other set of numbers might be a lot lower, and then you you do the same math, and then you can compare. So what I found was, um, and it's really it really shouldn't be a surprise, but the the coefficient of variation for for quarterbacks, lower-tiered quarterbacks, and I'm talking about quarterbacks 16 through 25, their coefficient of variations were identical to top 10 running backs, and they were it was lower than top ten wide receivers and tight ends, which tells you that quarterbacks are more predictable towards their mean or their average than those elite wide receivers and running backs. And I, the the reason for that is actually quite simple. I think it's it's because you're you're getting more of a volume of uh, of of passes with quarterbacks as compared to rushing attempts or, or wide receiver targets. And wide, res- wide receivers are. Um, completely dependent upon quarterback play running backs are completely dependent on let's say a a coach's decision to play them or not like cj spiller last year so the reason that these quarterbacks are more predictable is because they have a larger sample because they're throwing the ball 30 or more times a game and and the, the thing that's important here is that We could also, you know, we could say, yeah, their 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 coefficient of variation is low, and that means that they are more predictable to produce their average. Which means if they average something that's pretty bad, like 10 points per game, then all you're saying is that, hey, they're gonna get you 10 points a game. Why would you want to start that? Why does that matter? Well, we just talked about the fact that bottom half quarterbacks are producing 19 points per game, which is only two and a half less than top 10 quarterbacks so if you know that and you know that they're very predictable then you know and you should feel confident that when you slot those guys in your lineup that they're going to produce fairly uh you know reasonable numbers for your lineup
1: right uh yeah i I actually found found those numbers to be very you know reassuring i i you know as someone who has experimented with streaming quarterbacks for a couple years for the better part of a couple years uh i've I kind of um, just from being around the game so much and from being so immersed in it, you, I got, I had the intuitive sense that, you know, th- this is working, you know, finding uh mediocre type type quarterbacks with fantastic matchups uh, is, 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 you know, really getting the job done. Um, but I, I didn't at the time, you know, a year and a half ago, or even a year ago, I di- I didn't have any numbers to really back up the, the, uh, the approach, so stuff like that all, all those great stats that you just mentioned are uh you know very uh, reassuring to me in, in that um, in that this is a real thing like we're not this is not made up this is actually exploiting a really good opportunity uh, for people who um, who don't want to draft a, an elite quarterback uh, you know because of the supply and demand situation.
0: Yeah, and and you know just for some uh, reference to some of the numbers that were in there, I mean, the the number the coefficient of variation number is is going to be meaningless to anyone listening to this. It's all, it's all. So the closer to zero that this number is, the more predictable a set of data is. So the set of data that I looked at was every single performance by these groups of players. So QB sixteen to QB twenty there's five quarterbacks analyzed there times the, the 16 games that they played uh, in a season. So, you know, the, uh, the the 10 quarterbacks that I looked at, there's obviously 160 different set different uh, data points. So it was definitely still a large sample size. Um, but the, the one thing that's interesting is it, it plays into the fact that uh, if you look at... And this is kind of going a little bit off topic because we're going to only talk about quarterback streaming, but I think that this is very vital to a draft strategy and a reason that you uh, need to wait on a quarterback. But if you look at the wide receiver numbers, once you get to wide receiver 21, so 1 through 20 is fine, you you get your coefficient of variation, it's a little bit uh, less predictable than uh, those quarterbacks 16 through 25, but you hit wide receiver 21 to 30 and the data becomes a lot less predictable to the average, meaning... I've, I've, I've preached this in my book, and I've preached this on Twitter. The, the reason that you get a wide receiver early in your fantasy draft is not necessarily because of a value-based drafting analysis. The reason you get them is because of this, this predictability of an inherently unpredictable position. So you get a guy like Megatron or, or Brandon Marshall who you plug and play – and sure, they're going to give you maybe a four-point, five-point game at some point. But the wide receiver position, in and of itself, is um, is is very, very unpredictable. So to get a guy like that actually holds a little bit more value because you're not you're not having to guess and grabbing Dar- Darius Hayward Bay off the waiver wire and trying to get lucky.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. It, uh, as 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 much of a proponent of streaming certain positions as I am. I someone on Twitter the other day said uh, said, so you're going to stream your whole team and uh, no, no, (laughs) obviously that's that's what I I mean. I'm going to stream certain. I'm going to stream defenses. I'm going to stream tight ends. I'm going to stream quarterbacks. But you know, it's it's very uh, it's pretty luxurious to have plug and play running backs and wide receivers at your disposal.
0: Exactly, and I was just I was actually just writing an article. Uh, I'm doing, I'm doing a little bit of a Jimmy Graham analysis and I was, I was writing this article and I, I, I realized I was like, you know, you cannot stream wide receivers, or running backs. The only way that you could stream legitimately stream wide receivers or running backs, because you, when you stream, you have this notion of predictability, right? Like mm. you want, you, 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 you're, you're playing them because you feel confident that they're going to produce a particular output, but with running backs and receivers, it's very difficult to do. Um, and, and the reason you can do it with tight ends is because the quality of tight end that is out there is a lot better than that you would get at wide receiver or running back because you're only starting one tight end. But the, I, I realized while writing it, I was like, you, need to, you, would, need to ha- you would need to go running back, running back, running back, running back, running back at the beginning of your draft. Which which means streaming's not re- streaming or your running back might be an option, but it doesn't really matter because you're going to lose your fantasy league.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, you you can have all the fun you want streaming running backs, but uh, you know you're you're gonna win four games.
0: Exactly. Uh, It's just it's it's not it's not really a real thing.
1: Um, If I could just get uh, into two two parts of um, my four for four uh, piece on streaming quarterbacks, um, uh, two things that jumped out of me. And and listen, I I, I want everybody to know I when when I parse uh, numbers uh, like I did for this article. I, I had no preconceived notion of, of, of what uh of what I was looking for. Now I, I have an idea of, of what the numbers might look like, but uh there are some times where we, when things come together where and I'm I'm sure JJ has experienced the same thing, where, you know, after you're done uh looking through a bunch of numbers and doing a bunch of calculations and you have I know I have like you know uh three sheets of paper with all these notes uh, scribbled all over it because I'm eighty years old and I still use paper <laughs> and, um uh and and you say, man, that worked out better than I could have thought than than i than I, than I even dreamed of so uh, th- this is one of them, and that's um looking at um um defenses versus quarterbacks uh over the past three seasons so I went back to the 2010 all the way 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 back two years ago which does seem like a long time ago as far as, you know, the evolution of, um, of the passing game and of NFL offenses. But, um you know, th- these, these, three, these three pieces jumped out of me. Uh, defenses that allowed um, 15 or more points per game to quarterbacks um, has gone from eight, there were eight defenses who allowed 15 points per game or more to quarterbacks in 2010 to 15 in 2012 uh so you know basically almost almost a doubling of the quarterbacks that would be you know very favorable um targets for quarterback streamers um at, at the same time and uh, this makes sense um on a lot of levels uh but defenses that allow 11 points or fewer to 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 uh to quarterbacks per game has gone from 10 in 2010 to 4 in 2012 uh You know, in other words, there were ten defenses in twenty ten who would just mutilate your quarterback streamer if you were to take that approach i mean you, you they you know they would just they would just ruin the whole the whole thing for you but last year, there were only four defenses that i that 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 I avoided you know i can 't remember all four, but I know that the Seahawks and the bears were two um that you just did not dare stream against um uh so th- that that makes it uh um a lot easier to a predict and and B, find uh good good streaming options uh so when you're looking at your your lineup and you say uh oh man you know the quarterback i've used for the last couple of weeks has a really brutal matchup in 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 2 weeks you can look ahead and say oh, uh oh man you know um I don't know, I'm just throwing a guy's name out there. like Brandon Whedon is playing a defense that's given up seventeen an average of seventeen points to quarterbacks this season. So I'm gonna pick up Brandon Whedon for that week specifically. Um that that's the way you stream. Uh you 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 look ahead two, three, four weeks, maybe even even further, depending on the depth of your bench. And um and, and you get guys who are who are primed for good matchups um at the same time as uh defenses have become more generous to quarterbacks um, the number of pass attempts uh has 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 really jumped uh for for quarterbacks since two thousand nine uh and that's not a surprise to anyone who watches football but the 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 increase was was a little bit surprising to me um in two thousand nine. Uh, the ten quarterbacks with the most pass attempts threw the ball thirty point seven times uh in twenty twelve the ten quarterbacks who threw the ball the most uh averaged uh thirty eight point six so wow. uh you know listen i i know it may maybe it doesn 't sound like a ton to some people but eight throws a game is large that's that's significant uh and when we when we talk about you know um uh, the the uh, chemistry the the uh, for uh, fantasy football success we talk about a big part of it is opportunity. Uh, so eight throws a game is is huge when you're talking about opportunity to score points. Um, but even uh, even the guys even the guys who are throwing the ball uh, you know much less the ten quarterbacks who threw the fewest passes in 2009 threw it 27 times and in 2012. Uh, they almost threw it 30 times a game now that's not as big of an increase it's three times a game but it's still saying something that uh, to say that the, the definition of a you know low volume thrower has shifted uh, in just three short seasons and that's going to continue uh, so it's just uh, important to realize that uh, the strategy is much more viable right now uh, than, than it was uh, even two or three years ago
0: yeah, and, you know, to to that point, I know that, you know, people might just say, oh, it's just a shift. You know, oh, the, the the top guys are throwing more and the bottom guys are throwing more, so it's just the exact same that it used to be. But I think, to your point, Denny, is that, okay, but those, those guys that historically hadn't been throwing a lot are now, which means they're getting more opportunity to score points for your team. It's not it, – it, I understand that it could be – it could be looked at as a very relative thing. But I think what it's doing is it's opening a lot of doors to quarterbacks who historically, you know, like think about when Ben Roethlisberger came into the league and he was told to manage games literally to the point where he was throwing the ball 15 times per game. Mm -hmm, And, and, and that, that will, that just does not happen anymore. More, More quarterback opportunities. Uh, there are rookies throwing the ball. Andrew Luck threw the ball over 600 times last year as a rookie, and you know it, it's that it's that kind of stuff where where you're getting opportunity from a lot of different places now. And I think I think it kind of started with with Roethlisberger. I, I, you know, this isn't just me being a Steeler fan, but I I think that he he was the the rookie that kind of broke through that allowed guys like a Joe Flacco. Like you know, like the guys last year, and so on and so forth, those rookie quarterbacks for those coaches to feel confident in them and i th- I think with with more rookie quarterback opportunity yeah. is is bringing more fantasy football opportunity at the quarterback position
1: right uh, and and' just talking about opportunity uh, the 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 ideal streamers uh, who i 'll talk about in subsequent articles, um, three guys that jump out to me um. Are uh, Jay Cutler, Alex Smith, and, um, and Sam Bradford, and I know that those three names probably made you throw up in your mouth a little bit somewhere, <laughs> somewhere out there. Um, and I and I totally understand because you know why? Because I still wouldn't want any of those three as my every week plug and play, no doubt starter. Uh, I would love them as a stream as a streamable quarterback option, and here's why: their ADP. Right now, and I don't think this will change. Their ADP does not reflect the spike in opportunity that they'll have this year. Um, all three are looking at a at a jump in pass attempts. Uh, Andy Andy Reid, in case you didn't hear, is the coach of the Chiefs, and Andy Reid throws the ball a lot, a lot. Alex Smith has never thrown the ball as 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 much as he's going to this year, uh, so that hasn't really been kind of baked into his average draft position. Jay Cutler, his his coach, Mark Tressman throws the ball a ton historically. Unless he changes something drastically, which I don't think he will, Cutler's going to throw the ball a whole lot more than he did last year or the year before. He's going to throw the ball more than he ever has, probably. Uh, and, and Bradford, every day I see an item. There was another thing today where uh, I think it was um, uh, Schottenheimer the uh, Brian Schottenheimer the offensive coordinator of the Rams saying that uh, Bradford is a thousand years ahead of where he was uh, this time last year every day there's an item about a Rams coach or a Rams player just just screaming from the mountaintop hey guys hey we're gonna throw the ball a lot this year we're gonna, <laughs> throw it, we're gonna spread it out we're gonna have one uh, you know we're, gonna, we're we're gonna have single back formations we're gonna have a lot of rec- four and five wide receiver sets uh, we're going to throw it. The the offense runs through Bradford for the first time ever, right? No Stephen Jackson. It runs through him, and and you know he's being taken in the 13th round. Sam Bradford is a throwaway pick. Who I think with a spike in in pass attempts, like like he, we will see. I guarantee you, we will see that uh, Bradford could be an uh, in, in every week starter uh, except for maybe some of his brutal matchups in the NFC West. Uh, so. You know, when we talk about opportunity, you want to target guys whose opportunity has not been uh, incorporated into their ADP.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with that, and I think, you know, I think that's the reason that I'm I'm more willing to take a guy like a Sam Bradford or a Jay Cutler over Joe Flacco, because I kind of know what I'm going to get from from Flacco, even though I, I understand he had a great great playoff run and and Cam Cameron's there. But in it's it's a situation where I'm when you're drafting that late, you do not select uh safe picks. You just don't. There's no reason to, especially with a position that you can easily replace. Right. And and that's what that's what quarterback the quarterback position is. So, you know, getting a guy like Cutler who you might want to, like you said, vomit when you when you hear his name, and and most definitely cry in the shower. He he you know he's he's shown that he can th- he 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 can be a relevant fantasy quarterback. And given the fact that he does have the skill set uh, to be a good quarterback, and that he's going to be getting uh, Mark Trestman, that he got Martellus Bennett. Uh, that he does have weapons. I mean, that has to make you smile about that kind of value. Sure, sure. And and
1: and by the way, I, I wanted to mention before I forget here, um, if you're really going to commit to the streaming uh, quarterback strategy, uh, I, I I think it. I really think it's a thing where you have to be all in or all out. Um, I know it, it's very uncomfortable for people who have done um, their drafts in a certain way every year, no matter what, uh, but something like uh you know i, I just you know I, i'm on twitter constantly as a degenerate and i see this uh these people uh do mock drafts and they'll say uh you know waited till the the 8th round to grab romo and then got cutler in the 12th you know right and then imply that there's a streaming situation there that's not that's not the strategy you you burned a mid-round pick on a quarterback you're going to use that guy every week you're right when like in unless something changes drastically during the season you're, you're not going to be like oh this is the this is the week where i bench my eighth round quarterback tony romo former <laughs> right. 12th round guy jay cutler so um you you either really need to commit to one or the other don't 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 go in in the middle ground um uh it's uh it's it's probably as harmful a strategy as as you can uh employ this year so um if you're going to stream, wait till the tenth, wait till the eleventh round to 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 grab a guy. I I know you you might have a panic attack when guys are uh, taking their backups and you're just taking your starter, but it's it's all it's all part of the all part of the plan.
0: Yeah, and I, we actually I I took to Twitter and just you know kind of threw it out there that if anyone had questions about uh, quarterback streaming that we would we would kind of talk about it tonight on the pod. So. I got I got one from Carrie Mullen who said who or where is your planned streaming cutoff this year or who do you stick with and who do you stream with? So I think this is kind of a two part question where you know it, where, where is your cutoff with those QB ones, Denny? And then uh after that, if you if you don't get that QB one, uh where, where who are you looking to stream?
1: Uh so the the question is like uh who is the last the the last quarterback you would take as? Yeah,
0: a, yeah, as, I think I think it's a situation where here I'll 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 answer the first part, and then you okay. can maybe maybe give some some insight as to who you're looking at to stream. Sure, sure. Um, so so ADP data, it, it's kind of crazy to see how some drafts are going. A lot of them have been different. I've been involved in a lot of of different mock drafts. Um, but it, you know, it's it's pretty standard. Uh, the 12th quarterback in 12-team leagues is going in the eighth round, which is historically the spot where you should start looking for your late-round quarterback. Um, but this year, obviously, it's a little bit different. That's where Tony Romo is going. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the problem that I have with selecting Tony Romo in the eighth round is what you're foregoing at wide receivers still. You still have potentially a guy like Deshaun Jackson, Cecil Shorts, even Stevie, even Stevie Johnson, Kenny Britt. I'd still rather take a flyer on uh, Mike Williams in Tampa. I mean, there is some solid, solid value. And then at running back, you still have Mark Ingram, uh, Shane Vereen. If he's some, I, I don't know how the heck he has an eighth round uh, ADP. But hmm. you know, Vereen or even a, even a Ben Tate just to take a flyer on in case in case the uh, the wheels really are coming off of Foster. I I, I think that's the reason that streaming is going to be um, more effective this year than selecting a true QB1. Because, you know, it, it, let, let's pretend it was only the quarterbacks that got deeper from last year. Mm-hmm. Then maybe then maybe we would select Romo there because there wouldn't be other options. But the fact is, is that wide receiver got a little bit deeper and running back got a little bit deeper. So there's still these guys that have so much upside uh, in those 8 to 10 round uh in in the 8th to 10th round that I'm still probably passing on some of those guys. So I would I would say for me personally if one of those QB1s cuz it's pretty clear cut that there are 12 of them if one of those QB1s falls to round 10 in a 12 team league standard league that's where I'm looking to get a QB1 otherwise I'm streaming.
1: Oh yeah, oh I see what... oh yeah, okay. I I'm sorry. I I was being dense. Uh yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh as per usual. So the yeah, that that's another thing, um, and uh, you know when you go into a draft, don't don't be hard headed about the streaming strategy. I mean, if I went into a draft thinking, you know what, I'm going to grab two late round guys, stream them, you know, uh, this and that, I, and, and and suddenly I see somehow Romo or even a guy like Andrew Luck who is QB eleven right now, and, and see one of those guys drop into the tenth round. I'm probably gonna take them. I mean, you know, don't uh, uh, don't don't be overly committed to the streaming strategy. I remember, um, uh, and I think you mentioned this on the Two Mugs podcast uh, in a mock draft back in the dark days of February. You took Aaron Rodgers in the fifth round, which right. is kind of inexplicable that he dropped that far, but um, because at at fifth at the in the fifth round you have equity, you have value in 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 Rogers. So so yeah, it's important not to be overly committed to streaming, but I I would say yeah, I mean if if a guy um even like Stafford who I see has climbed to QB8, which is right. surprising to me because I just there's so much Stafford hate last year. Right. Uh, if if someone if any of those top 12 guys drops to the 10th round, I I would take
0: Yeah. From from a from a streaming perspective, then I the 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 approach that I've kind of taken has been to pair a um one one of the proven veterans, not proven. I shouldn't say proven, just a veteran guy, an Alex Smith or Carson Palmer, with uh, maybe one of a little bit of ambiguity, like Ryan Tannehill or, or Sam Bradford. Do you agree or disagree with that?
1: Uh yeah, I, well I'm not a, I'm not big on. Drafting backup quarterbacks, um, like uh, last year, in in the one league, uh, I I I had Stafford as a keeper in in one league, which was sad for me. Um, I didn't draft a backup uh, because I figured if I ever needed one, I the guy I could pick up off the wire would be as sure. good, as good as the as good as the guy I could get in the thirteenth round. Sure,
0: but streaming purposes, you would. Oh, you? Yeah, no, no, streaming. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just making sure. Um, another another question I had that I got um, was regarding uh auction drafts. I'm a big auction draft guy. Um, I think uh, more and more people should should look into it because I think it it allows you uh, and uh, Denny, you and I talked about this, but it allows you to really uh, pinpoint um, precise value so in a in a snake draft it's just kind of you know if you think of each selection being x, then the next selection being x minus one x minus two there's no in between there's no wiggle room right. uh, and and with auction drafts, I think it's 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 fun because you can really uh, identify tiers and, and use your football knowledge to select a team that that is almost exactly what you would want uh, so someone asks you know what what do you spend?" On a quarterback in an auction draft, and my answer is simply, you know, obviously, if it, let's pretend it's a two hundred dollar budget, I'm spending a dollar or two. I mean, I'm not. It, it really does equate to a snake draft. You're not. It's not like a player got better because he's in an auction draft. It's it's right. it's all it's all still based on on equity of some sort. But I think that you're able to not be forced to spend a pick. Mm -hmm. on a player, and you're able to spend the minimum pick, the equivalent of what you would spend on a kicker or a defense uh, in a snake draft on a quarterback, and then you're able to really build up that that running back and wide receiver arsenal.
1: Right, exactly. And and I think if you really buy into the late-round quarterback strategy, which I'm guessing a lot of people who listen to this uh, (laughs) do, uh, then I I think a great – and I talked with JJ about this today – a great – Way to approach the early part of an auction draft is to is to nominate elite quarterbacks. Throw throw those guys out there. You know, throw throw Rodgers, throw Manning, uh, Peyton Manning, throw Tom Brady and Cam Newton, throw Kaepernick, throw all of them out there. See see uh, see if if you can start bidding wars between people who are going to dump a huge part of their uh, uh, allotment into uh, these quarterbacks who you never intended to draft anyway. Um, and then if they spend a lot early on um, on these on these quarterbacks, then they'll they'll probably not everyone, but a lot of people will be a lot less likely to go all in on you know that running back that you wanted or that wide receiver that that you were uh, targeting.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, the the last thing that I wanted to touch on, we got a question about free agent auction budgets. I don't know if you use a free agent auction budget ever, Denny. Um, Sometimes. My, my, yeah, my, my big league actually last year finally switched over to it, um, and I, I mean I'd used it in the past and whatnot. But the the question I think it's a really good one. Uh, you know, can you still stream if you have that free agent auction budget? Um, I have. I don't know if you have any thoughts. I'll, I'll give you mine. I guess real quick. I think the one of the benefits that often goes uh, unnoticed with with drafting a tight end and a in a quarterback late is that your needs are not the needs of other teams in your league. You you now have this crazy library of running backs and wide receivers, so when there is a random, uh, which is bound to happen, a random wide receiver or running back that comes out of nowhere and has a big big week that you want to spend a lot of your budget on, um, you don't have to do that. You, you feel good about your running backs and wide receivers, and you're able to then uh, kind of... Spend less money on something that's in less demand, which is a quarterback because most people, especially this year, almost everyone in your league is going to have a solid q b one that they 're not really going to care about, so you can just spend a dollar on your on your free agent auction budget every Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, and I think that that you'll be fine you won't run out of money and and the only time that that you really need to spend money on running backs and receivers and whatnot is when you know your team your team just gets completely unlucky and by that point that's just kind of the way that the dice roll with with fantasy yeah. football
1: yeah no, i i i think that's a, a great point to say that um you know not many people are going to be uh dumping their free agent uh budget into um you know alex smith for a week five matchup against right. somebody. Um you could pick him up for a dollar or two and and use him and and i i also i, I want to make it clear that um when we talk about uh quarterback streaming it's not like it's not like you're going to have 17 different quarterbacks on your roster throughout the season it's not it's not like right. that you, you can easily you know stream successfully with with you know throughout the whole year five maybe six quarterbacks so you know with a with a with a budget it shouldn't really make that big of a difference
0: right i mean the most you could do is what, 15, 14 or 15 if you make it to the championship? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just and that, that's just weird. Yeah,
1: like, you, strange, you know, yeah. p-
0: part of it too is that you want to stream guys in chunks. You know, you want to be able to take a guy and say, oh, my gosh, his schedule is so soft, I'm just going to play him for three straight weeks and and not feel committed to, you know, getting a new guy every single week, which is fine. You can still do that. But yeah. I, I think that there's that benefit, like you said earlier in the podcast, of kind of looking ahead a few weeks in advance.
1: Oh, it's it's the best way because a, a lot you'll find a lot of owners don't they don't look ahead that far and if you're able to do that, then you get you know, you finally get to that week that you were looking forward to and you're 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 in fantastic shape and you see other people scrambling on the waiver wire. It's it's quite a quite a nice feeling to see other people desperate and and panicking and weeping.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember last year the the Colts had like an unreal easy schedule, just a complete cakewalk after like week three. so I mean Andrew Luck didn't go drafted in one of my leagues, and it, just this is just you know anecdotal, obviously, but um, I snagged him after after week one, and it wasn't any it's not like it was a special week or anything, but it was just that that forethought that he was gonna have this easy schedule moving forward.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, look ahead. I mean, and, and also, you know, it's, it's important to I wrote about this for the fake football to trust your eyes with with what right. you see, you know, say it, I mean, numbers are incredibly important and I don't base much on on, you know, film, as we talked about last podcast. I don't um, I know I just said film with such vitriol film <laughs> film. How dare you? Um, but I, you know, because I'm not, I, I don't know what I'm looking for. I just, I'm just a big dumb animal who watches um, the ball be thrown around the field. So um, I, um, i anyway, what was I saying? Oh, trust, yes, yes, like you did, like you did. Trust your eyes once in a while. Take a flyer on a guy, see if his uh, matchups are favorable down the line, and, and uh, you'll be good.
0: Yeah. All right, buddy, I think it might be time. All right.
1: You want to start?
0: Yeah, I think I'll 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 rant first tonight. Okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rant about Aaron Hernandez. I was I was kind of passionate about that and the oh my god the Steve Gleason thing. Oh my god that the radio show in Atlanta oh, making fun yeah. of him for his ALS. I can't even that, that's like way too serious of a topic to get into oh, on this man. podcast. Oh. But but just just for the record, I those guys are idiots and they they deserve more than being fired.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna step out on a limb here and say I disagree with those guys.
0: Yeah, it's really
1: is that Bam, bam. Man. It's it's bold. I know it's bold. It
0: is bold. Man. Alright. Well, Denny, tonight I'm gonna I'm gonna rant about stubbornness. Um, you know, I understand in fantasy football that we fall in love with players and, and player situations and there are new coaches and there are new offensive systems and we get really excited and February March and April you know I for one I loved Vic Ballard loved him to 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 a kind of disgusting point and and Brad Ahmad Bradshaw just completely stole that away from me that love that I had for Vic Ballard and, and but now quite quite obviously I don't love Vic Ballard I'm sorry Vic Ballard but our our relationship is over because things change and that's just kind of the way that things work you know, just because you make a statement in March doesn't mean that you have to stick with that statement. Part of fantasy football and winning is about being flexible, and if you ever change your mind, you're never going to win. It's as simple as that. So all I have to say with this this short rant is to open up your mind, open up your hearts, and listen to what people have to say. Chances are you'll learn something and perhaps change your mind on a player or aspect of the game of fantasy football. There you go.
1: Good rant, and yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a gratuitous plug for my book right now and say that that is I've, I spend a couple chapters talking about being flexible with your uh, you know with your game plan in uh, in my book How to Think Like a Fantasy Football Winner for 3.99 on Amazon and iTunes. So go buy it anyway.
0: <laughs> because because your son's life depends on it. Because
1: I mean. Listen, if you if you hate babies, he's six months old. If you hate babies, then do, <laughs> then don't buy my book. That's that's all. That's that's the pitch that I have for could,
0: you. Could you. you you got to make a meme of him <laughs> with the, like some sort of advertisement? Right, right,
1: right. Uh, oh, you won't buy my father's book. <laughs> I guess I guess you want me to starve. Hmm. <laughs> that's so messed up. <laughs> I'm sorry. That that is wrong. Um, oh man. My 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 rant will be short too. I think I think this is a symptom. Of our starvation for football right now, because this is really a, a dead zone for for football. Um, the the Tebow at tight end talk is a little mm, nuts. I don't. I mean, I I get where the thought comes from, but the fact that that is like a dominant string of conversation, strain of conversation right now is. It really speaks to our need for actual football happenings. Um, there's been no indication from the Patriots that this is going to happen. I know that for a long time people have said, you know, if, if Tebow would only just switch positions, play tight end or fullback, then then he would be a valuable member of of some NFL team out there. And if the Patriots had said, you know what, we really like this Tebow guy, not as a quarterback, but as a tight end then I think they would be perfectly valid. I would have written a, a, a story on that within 10 minutes of the Patriots saying something on on that topic. But they haven't. Uh, and until someone actually says something or until there's some like training camp report about Tebow lining up with the tight ends, practicing with... And
0: then, then,
1: you know, I don't really understand why we're wasting uh, Twitter characters and breath over it. Because I saw three legit... Arguments over it today, and I think if you're gonna bash each other's heads in over stuff, you m- you might as well do it over over uh, over things that that matter beyond Tebow at tight end. So, just you know, R.I.P. Tebow at tight end uh, talk right now, and uh, and l- let's be done with it for a while.
0: You know, it's funny. I've started to hate the people who complain about the people who talk about Tebow more than the people who just talk about Tebow.
1: Oh my God! Yes, especially when I've I've actually seen this when you complain about Tebow and hashtag Tebow. <laughs> what are you doing? You're what are you doing? You're saying I hate Tebow. Hey everybody, I'm talking
0: about Tebow. You want to talk to me about Tebow? It's like it's like it's like, and it's also like telling his his mother that you. That you don't like her son. Right. <laughs> that's, exactly. a second, that's a second mom analogy metaphor that we've made. Exactly.
1: Oh, you know what? We didn't have this podcast. We didn't have advice for people in 2006 fantasy football leagues. Oh, man. I, I think we've had that in all nine episodes before oh,
0: Man, there's no Lundell White comment. Oh, my God. We were – this is kind of an – I, I got to give Chad Scott uh, right, a late-round quarterback writer – um, the, the guys at LRQB, we have we always get into like email email threads and stuff, and just kind of go back and forth and just say stupid stuff. But Chad Scott, you know you know how we're we're so into like PPB leagues and <laughs> and and all Rams leagues. Uh, Chad Scott just sent I, I sent an email out today, and I, like it was just like some Aaron Hernandez comment. It was like three words long, and he he comes back and he goes. He goes number one pick in my PPH league, and I'm I'm. If for for those who, Denny might not get it right away either, but it's oh. points per homicide league. Oh no! Yeah, that that was the oh. the joke. I I I definitely I was at work whenever I read it. I was definitely laughing out loud.
1: <laughs> well, it was, we, we should we should mention the PPB league is points per block league, which yeah. is, is a very advanced type of league that only. Uh, a certain, a, f- a select few are are allowed to play.
0: Yeah, fantasy hipster was, has been doing it for a while, though I believe since the '70s, I think. Yeah, and the the Ra- the All Rams League, I think he's been doing it before the Rams existed.
1: Well, I think I think Nick Mencio is the 22 time champion of uh, yeah of the uh, and 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 for those who are not degenerates uh, and and are not on Twitter 20 hours a day, Nick Mencio is a, is a great writer for Roto World, so you should. Check him out. Yeah. And see all his St. Louis, college.
0: Yeah. St. St. Louis guy. So we, you know, whenever we, whenever we went on our, we talked about the Rams all day on that podcast, just yeah. constantly. Oh my! It was, God. it was just all Rams all the time forever.
1: That that was the most April podcast ever recorded.
0: Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. There was no. There's no reason we should be talking for 25 minutes about Brian Quick. There's no reason for that. Right. There's no reason. Oh my by the goodness. way, he's four, he's fourth on the depth chart right now. Right, I know Brian Quick won't be drafted
1: in more than like <laughs> four redraft leagues this
0: <laughs> year. <here. laughs> I blame I blame Brian Fontaine for the for the uh, hype with his he it was his his big breakout guy, which oh, I know. which which could could easily happen. I mean, we shouldn't say that it would not. It's just funny to see that Austin Pettis is is outperforming him right now yeah
1: yeah yeah no i i don't want to i don't want to like shovel dirt on brian quick's fantasy value i'm just saying it's <laughs> like listen in, in your typical 12 team league you know brian quick's not going off the board unless there's like 41 rounds
0: i'll tell you what i'll tell you what if you're in a in a just a regular fantasy league and i am not mind you I, I think that the people that listen to this are are fairly uh, uh you know they're, they're the same kind of fantasy player that we are but if I would be very surprised if Brian Quick finds a roster on a lot of like you know those four person leagues that are in, on ESPN. No, like you know like a, a ten team league, he's probably not going to find a roster. And oh no, no way! Are you, right? Yeah. I mean, you would be shocked. I, I know
1: it's probably been a while since you played in a ten team league, but it's I think been a while. <laughs> I, I think I think we would be shocked at the people who would not be on. I mean, th- think think about it. It's possible. It's possible that that Andrew Luck would be on the waiver wire in a ten team league.
0: That's that's pretty crazy. I mean, the, the uh, although if you're playing in a ten team league, there's going to be someone that's that just gets super excited about Andrew Luck in the second round.
1: That's true. Or or they they decide to go. They decide to like stock up with like Rodgers, Luck, and Stafford, or some, some ridiculous trio of quarterbacks.
0: Right. I uh, 10, 10 team leagues are, are absolutely insane. I'm doing this I'm doing a fantasy football oasis <clears throat> two quarterback mock and it's 10 there's only 10 guys in the league. And I mean it's fine, it's fun. I'm not I don't don't take this as me bashing it at all. It's just it's your team is stacked. My RB3 is Steven Jackson. Like it's just I have Arian Foster, Jamal Charles and Steven Jackson and I have no hole At wide receiver, and my I I drafted Stafford in round three because it was a two QB. and it's that's still my team. And and go ahead. I'm patting myself on the back right now. By the way.
1: Uh, No, I I can hear it actually from here. (laughs) But um, I I do want to point out to people uh, this didn't strike me until I was well into you know fantasy uh, foosball that um, the smaller the league. Um, the 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 less advantage that you have as as a as an obsessive,
0: uh, oh, as yeah. someone
1: who I mean it, it it seems easy to be like oh man my team is stacked I can't believe I have I have all these guys I can you know I don't I don't ever have to have to t- touch my team but no one else does either they everybody is stacked to the brim so you know try to play and you know aim for bigger leagues if you if you are good if you're if you're pretty good at the game uh don't don't fall for that ten league uh ten team league trap it's uh it's 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 not good for your money making ability
0: yeah and not only that you're gonna lose to your boss that hadn't watched football in seventeen years and it's and all all it 's gonna be is is dreadful it's like the you know you and I talked about the the guys that you you know you like go to a bar or something you start talking to somebody about fantasy football and and just some advice to people that that do uh do a lot of fantasy football analysis. Don't do that. Don't talk to pe- don't talk to like like casual friends at bars about about fantasy football because you're going to want to get so much deeper, and all they're going to want to talk about is the fact that they drafted Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees in the first two rounds and won their fantasy championship.
1: Right? Yeah, they won their their eight team league where there were there were four dead teams.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, I think I think there were three dogs and a couple cats in the league. Yeah. <laughs> it's just completely out of control. So so that's uh, i think it's time to to close this one out. Any uh any last words, Denny?
1: Uh last words uh oh, oh well well, buy my book to feed my kid and uh <laughs> <laughs> look out for um my uh my next streaming quarterback articles on, on um on 4for4. 4 4. They're coming soon.
0: Yeah, that's pretty sweet. 4for4's got a got a great new writer. Oh, thank you. You too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm JJ. I'm at late round QB on Twitter. I buy my book too. Yeah, yeah that, do that. By the way, can we just right now just say that like our books, like people were talking, we had like two or three people on Twitter this week. They were like, I don't know if I should buy Denny's book or JJ's <laughs> book. And it's like, it's like they're they're not. That's like saying I don't know if I want to buy this car or this lamp. Like I. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Assuming that they were the same price point, it's just why they're they're not at all. They don't have the same utility whatsoever. It's just whatever, whatever. I mean, it's they're different. They actually yeah. coincide well together and they complement each other.
1: They're, they both mention the word fantasy many times in each book, but that that's a, that's about the end of the similarities there. So I mean, they're
0: they're friends.
1: They are friends. They are. I friends. mean, that's
0: but that's about it.
1: They that yeah. They they both have words in paragraphs yeah, and, yeah. So- and
0: i and i made the cover for both of them yeah you, <laughs> you
1: you did and thank you thank you for that i actually i've got a lot of compliments on that and oh, uh, nice i think it makes me look like more of a degenerate than i actually am so thank
0: you nice awesome <laughs> all right guys well i think it's time that denny and i go get our usual milkshakes post show milkshakes mm. post show milkshake all right guys thanks for listening uh we'll be back probably in a week week and a half Take it easy. Thank you for listening to Living the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out makegroundqb.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.